In Jesus' name we have prayed. Now because we believe that, let's take our declaration. We want to let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. If you believe it, that is what God will do for you. Amen. As you receive it, your life will transform in Jesus' name. Amen. The word will come today to change something in your life. Amen. It will bring healing to you. Amen. With God, there is nothing that is incurable. Amen. Just for you to recognize that healing is in his word. I said today, healing will come to somebody in the name of Jesus. Amen. I said healing will come to somebody in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Alright, before you sit down, can you just go to three, four people and tell the person, you are blessed, you are wise, the wisdom of God is your portion. You tell somebody else, you are blessed, you are healed, you are healed, your troubles are taken away. Tell somebody, all your troubles are taken away. In the name of Jesus. Alright, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Ah. Are we not plenty here? I said the Lord is good. All the time. Amen. Amen. That sounds nice. All right, let's open our Bibles. We are going to continue talking about the culture of faith again today. That's what we have been on for a while. And last time we ended with the culture of thanksgiving. That is, we're talking about the culture of words and the fact that we had to have um, uh, lips, that our tongue must be seasoned with salt, and that the words of the believer must encourage people. We must minister grace to the hearers. Now let's just open our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. That was, uh, remember we used to read that, um, we're reading that a lot in this series. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's just start again from verse 1. Where I'm going is specifically uh, verse 15 and thereabouts. That is a few verses around there. But I'm just going to back up slightly. I may not take it from verse 1 just to save time. I'll stay from verse 6. But remember one thing we were saying before. Please let me just remind us of it. It's very important. And that is that Paul used to teach in two levels. That's just the way life is. Um, one, there's a spiritual dimension of things. The invisible dimension. Let's use uh, modern words that we use sometimes. The theoretical basis. Okay? That is things that we cannot see, but which form the foundation for the things that we can see. So that's the, that's the first side of it. And that's, those are the things that are in heaven, like the Bible will say. It will tell you you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. We establish that is number one. Then number two, there is the physical side. There is the, um, like some people will say, the vital side of it. That is the practical side of it. The things that Jesus did for us, which are in the spirit, must become real on the earth. In the same manner, the righteousness that he gave to us, by virtue of our faith in him, also must be real on the earth. And we said that it's important we do the things we must do, which is works of faith, so that the blessings that are spiritual will become physically manifested. And we said that what we do physically, they are important. So Paul taught in two levels. After giving us the theoretical foundation, the things that are spiritual, 
Then they began to give us practical instructions concerning how we will live our lives. And we said Jesus taught those things also to his disciples. He was not teaching those things to people all around. He was focusing on his disciples. Let's bear those things in mind. So Christianity doesn't just change us inside. It changes us outside. It's just that it makes it easy for us. Obeying God becomes easy. We are not children of disobedience. We are children of obedience. We are blessed people. The seed of God is in us. But we must still do what is right. That's why you will see Paul say it again and again. Seeing that we have these promises. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. It's something we have to do. Some people will speak as if, no, once you're born again, you're already totally clean. That is not true. Pause. If that was true, why will Paul, who taught us those things, forget to tell us that we're already totally clean like that? He said, let us cleanse ourselves. We have a duty. We have a responsibility to now cleanse ourselves. So our practical everyday life must be affected by our Christianity. I said something a number of times. Let me say it again. God never blesses disobedience. He never blesses a bad habit. He, the best he can do is to overlook. And we use David as an, as an example. God loved David, but in the area of you know, husband, wife, family matters, David worked in disobedience constantly. He was a constant disobedient man in that area. John said that every um, unrighteousness is sin. And we say, what is sin? Sin is not just the breaking of commandments. People often look at sin as if it's just the break, breaking of commandments. That is a manifestation of sin, the breaking of issued commandments. But sin is everything that is less than the standard of God. So John had to emphasize to us that every unrighteousness is sin. We say sin comes in different dimensions. There are some, and we start in the Bible, there is a sin unto death, John said, and there is a sin that is not unto death. So we know that they come in different dimensions. Jesus talked about the weightier matters of the law. There are things that God will wink at sometimes before, but he never blessed those things. So David, our example, he married many wives, but we saw the consequences in his life. So whatever you are doing today, even though, you know, people want to argue sometimes, is it, where is the commandment? Listen, you should ask yourself, will God bless this or he won't bless this? That should be your own point. That should be your point. That should be your, that should be your quest, something you want to know. Is this pleasing to him or it is not pleasing to him? Sometimes people have asked me questions before. Uh, okay, is this a sin or is not a sin? I don't like to answer questions like that because sin, if you wanted to start counting it, it's too, it's too, it's too numerous. Right? Israel had only 613 laws to contend with. Just 613. But we Christians, no. No, we have much more than that. Okay, but we are not counting laws. We are each time, because what God does is that he takes us from one point to another. When you are, see, that's why we say sometimes in Christianity that what is seen to you may not be seen to me. And that is true. It's not as if it's a lie. What we are just trying to say is that when God has opened your eyes in an area, it becomes for you a sin. Sometimes when you are, he has not opened your eyes, he just overlooks it. But listen, you must understand this. Even if he has not opened your eyes in that area, you will not be blessed in that area. So don't want to wallow in ignorance so that you will be safe. Do you get my point? You should every day be looking for how to know more so you can obey more. Because blessing is tied to obedience. Listen, the fact that Jesus died for you is not all you need. Though. The fact that you are, your spirit is born again is not all you need. You have to obey the precepts of God. You have to walk in a manner that is worthy of him. You must please him in every respect. Like I was saying yesterday in Abakaliki, you see Paul explain something. That life has different areas. Philippians chapter 3. Paul explained it. That life has different areas. He said that we must have an attitude. He said if in any area you have a different attitude, God will reveal that one also to you. That sometimes people have a wrong area. They have a wrong attitude in a particular area of their life. They have a good attitude in other areas. In that area, they just have a wrong attitude. 
I'm saying to you again, there is a blessing that you will never get. And when God wants to bless us, he corrects us. He doesn't just pour a blessing upon disobedience. What he sends is correction. And a sin that was not unto death becomes a sin unto death when you have been corrected about it. Stubbornness, uh, that one, refusal to be corrected is a major problem. We're not talking about that now, but let's just remind ourselves of those things. So, that's why we believers, we are eager to please God in everything. We are eager. Paul said, whether in our body or out of this body, our quest, our drive is to be pleasing to him. You know, let me just say this. Leave that Christianity that's trying to get away with things. We practice it those days, you know, as young children, you know. People will sit down and be arguing with you. Is this a sin? Is it not a sin? Some people are sitting down and fighting or what did God say? What did God not say? And you know, you see the attitude there is that, can I get away with it? It's all they're asking for. Or asking about. We never ask, does it please God? Our one is that, will he punish us if we do this? So we'll not be daring somebody to show you from the Bible that it is God does not, that God is, there's a commandment against it. But if we ask the right question, will God have me do this? Will he like to see me participate in this? Now we'll have a different attitude. Let's leave that, those, that Christianity that wants to get away with something. And I don't mean to start preaching that message again, okay? But please, uh, that's just why, I, you know, I just get into those things once in a while. That's why when people come with all this issue of uh, uh, 10% of income belongs to, to, to God, I just get irritated. Because those who stick with them, they want to get away. They want to pick God off and be free. That's the idea. God, take 10%. Now, don't talk on the balance 90. I have settled you. Now I do what I like, when I like it, how I like it, with how much I want. I've paid you off with 10%. That's what upsets me about it. One of the things that many, apart from the fact that God didn't command it, but one of the things that upsets me about it. It produces for us a kind of self-righteousness when we are not pleasing God. We buy things God does not want us to buy, but we have paid him 10%, so we think he shouldn't talk. We are spent with money. We mind the things of this world. We are afraid of tomorrow. We are laying up treasure on the earth. But we think God shouldn't talk. Why? <laughs> Did I not give you your portion? What more do you want? If that temptation was not enough, if you talk now, I will have added more to it. But don't disturb my soul. Let me spend my money the way I like it. It's one of those reasons that I don't... In fact, apart from the doctrine is fundamentally faulty the way people teach it. There's a spirit behind every law. I've said that many times. Let's just go and look for the spirit behind it. And stop being a walking calculator. Are you getting my point? Alright? So let's get it clear. What we be striving for as believers is how to please God in everything. Not how to get away with something. People want to know, will God send me to hellfire for this? Let me tell you the truth. If you are a true, look, what I want to say, I, I believe this seriously. If you are a true believer, I mean, you know they call true believer, a true Christian, you genuinely have given your life to Christ. And you continue to maintain that faith. The chance of your going to hellfire is zero. You have to lose the faith somewhere along the line. The problems a lot of people have lost, they don't know. Because they still have their title. Pastor. They still have their title, deacon. They still have their title. They are still in a tight register. People say that can God wipe away people's, <laughs> people's names from the book? If Jesus couldn't wipe it, why would he threaten it? He said, do this and I will not erase your name. If Look, listen, it's simple logic. If I say, do this and I will not erase your name, what does it mean? If you don't read, do it, let me say it again in case you are having arguments in your heart about those things. Listen, as a matter of fact, Christians can lose their salvation. Peter made it clear. Peter said that, you see them, it would have been better if they never knew the way of salvation than if they knew it 
Ah, let me read it just briefly. I just feel like getting it. Second Peter chapter 2. Let's just get to that one. We'll just quickly read it and then we'll back to what we're trying to say. There are arguments that Christians should don't get involved in. Some things are just common sense. When I say common sense, I mean common spiritual sense. Just read your Bible. It's so clear. It was describing people, for time's sake, we won't read all of it. Let, just, let me just start from, from verse, um, verse 20. It said, For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world, by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, are you seeing that? They are again entangled in them and are overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. Can you see that? For it will have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment handed on to them. It has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to its own vomit, and a soul, after washing, returns to wallowing in the mare. Now, let me ask you a question. If it was worse for them now, does it mean they are, they are sinners, but they have their salvation intact? Is it possible for somebody to be, you know, a sinner on the road to hellfire? He gets saved, all right? Forsakes his sin, forsakes her sin and iniquity. Then after a while, begins to wallow in them again begins to swallow the things of the world that he or she had vomited up before. Using that uh, proverb now, those proverbs, how can we say his current state is worse than the first if he still has his salvation intact? Is that, is, that, is, that log- is that logical? Of course it is not. How can you say it will have been better if the fellow never knew the way of salvation? Those who do not know the way of salvation, where are they headed? Are you getting my point? You can see they are going for eternal damnation, damnation walking in their sins and rejection of God. They are walking in eternal dam- damnation like that. They now say they are, that it would have been better if they never knew it. How can you say they still have their salvation intact if it is better that they never knew the world of salvation? Why did they say it was better? I'll tell you, because the opportunity will have remained in front for them. But now they have the opportunity, they've thrown it away. It's common sense. You can read that. There are many other scriptures. That's not our discussion for today. Okay, so I'm not joining those who say that that once saved, always saved. It's just something we just like. It sounds nice. And the logic we use to prove it is so faulty. They say you did not work for your salvation, therefore how can you lose it by your own works? To me, I think it's crazy. Because I didn't work for my salvation doesn't mean I didn't have to do anything to get it. Jesus paid for it, but I had to get up and believe. And if I disbelieve, I've, I've not notified what was done for me. And don't ever forget this. Dangote can make me rich by dashing me a hundred million naira. Did I work for that money? No, answer me. Did I work for it? Can I lose it? Can I lose it by my works? Can I wake up in the morning, smoke so much Igbo, and then the money is gone? Of course. If I was, there was one guy, I don't know his name, I don't know much about movies, but as he's, you know, that Johnny Depp, whatever it is, I, I read the BBC News. That's why I can't, you know, I read news. It was BBC News, I, I got this one from. He said, this guy was, the money he has earned doing movies, hundreds of millions. Now he's suing his lawyer and accountant for this $60 million. And they are saying that, no, that there's nothing they did wrong. They said they didn't advise him properly. They said the man was spending, is it $2 million a month? They analyzed how much money he was spending, that he used to spend, that he used to spend recklessly. I just said, how can somebody, although, if God, <clears throat> let me just tell you something. Money is not your problem. You think that your problem have is money, is not money. There are things worse than, <laughs> hey, Father in heaven. Be happy that your head is on your, is on your neck. <laughs> Screw deck. <laughs> On the December, my catastrophe was broke, was in debt, having earned over $300 million boxing. Can you believe that? So let's just leave that matter. I hope you're getting my point. Uh-huh. I just use that illustration, so I don't want to sit on that. The point is this. You can lose money even though it was dashed to you. 
if you are spendthrift. You know, Paul said, don't receive the salvation in vain. It's possible. You can receive the grace of God in vain. It is possible to waste what God has done for you. The possibility is there. Don't, don't live your life recklessly, please. I'm begging you. It is not assurance of salvation. It is false assurance. If somebody starts telling you you can do anything you like, your salvation is intact. It is a lie. I don't care who preaches it. I, I've read the Lord Jesus Christ. I've read Paul. I've read Peter. Having read these people, go and read the book of Hebrews. It was clear there. Having read these people, there's no modern apostle or prophet or teacher that wants to come and tell me anything different from them. Jesus said, in the last day, many will come to me and say, did we not prophesy in your name? So being an anointed prophetic person does not mean you are qualified for God's heaven. These are the truths of life. James made it clear to us, faith that is not producing works is a useless faith. And useless faith don't save people. Faith comes in two categories. Living faith and dead faith. Don't ever forget, two of them, they look alike. If I have a living seed in my hand and a dead seed of corn in my hand, they will look alike. It's only when I plant them, you know the one that is alive and the one that is dead. We put them in the environment they are supposed to flourish. The dead one will decay. The living one will begin to spring forth. The point is that you look at them, they look alike. They both say the same thing. They go to the same church. They dress alike. They speak the same sweet Christian language. They both come for fasting and prayer. But James said, look at the works produced. Is that faith really alive? Sometimes when I see what people do, hey, like my wife will say, maybe they don't fear God. Now I think I have an answer. Yes, they don't. They have no faith. But that's not my message. You know what my message was? My message was, if your faith is genuine, and you hold on to your faith, and you are increasing the works of righteousness in your life, which are the signs that you are holding on to your faith, don't worry. God is not looking for who to send to hell. He's not looking for who to condemn. He doesn't condemn people. Just He's not looking for them condemn somebody. That's not what he's looking for. It's the genuineness of faith we are talking about. People who have not thrown away their faith. Who are not taking the grace of God in vain. If you are like that, relax. Don't be on that. You know, God is not looking for, yes, did, did I pray? Oh, the man died. Ah, wasn't after I quarreled with his neighbor. Look, listen, quarreling with your neighbor can send you to heaven. I hope you know that. Yeah, if your neighbor shoots you inside the quarrel, he can't send you to hellfire. You know, like one American said, do you, do, you, do you believe in life? He said, he said you want to know whether there's, whether there's life after death? Cross this fence. <laughs> one guy in Texas, that was a sign on his fence. You're not sure that there's life after death. And if you know Americans, he will shoot you. Then you now discover whether there's life after death. So quarreling with your neighbor can send you to heaven fast. That's what I'm saying. It will not send you to heaven. I've heard it before. That woman went to the market, good Christian woman, and she fought in the market. As she was going back home, a, no, a car knocked her down and she died. You know what happened? She went to her. It's a lie. God is not unjust. Some things are unjust. Let me just say this to you. God is very patient. When he says patient, he warns people. Listen, don't take warnings lightly. Anytime you are warned, especially by people who have authority over you, don't harden your heart. You will be quickly broken. He that is often reproved, the Bible says, but hardens his heart, will suddenly broken or destroyed and without remedy. There will be no remedy. Don't ever. You know, that's one major thing. People hardening their hearts to correction. Don't ever. Look, even if you are not sure the fellow is right, go and pray with it. Every man's way is right in his own eyes. The fact that you think that you are right doesn't mean you are right. What am I going to say? God sends correction to people again and again. He's not looking for who to send to hellfire. That's what I'm going to make. He doesn't just throw people away. 
He will correct and correct and correct. Please go and read this book, Triumphant Church by Kennedy Hagin. Beautiful book. Beautiful book. Please, I'm recommending it. The Triumphant Church by Kennedy Hagin. We reviewed it in one of our magazines, I think, last year or the year before. Listen, you are not a Christian if you are not learning. No. Let me just digress again. When I say go and read a book, just come and say, Pastor Banky preached very well. Why should I read? That's wickedness. I hope you know it is a sin. All unrighteousness is what? Sin. Some people, they've been coming here for the last three years. They have not bothered to read The Happiest People on Earth by Demo Shakarian. Everybody, say, finish this for me. All unrighteousness is what? Sin. So if you have not read Happiest People on Earth, you've been listening to me for some time, you are a sinner in that area. You know, there are different aspects of life. In that area, you are walking in sin. And we recommend books you don't read. That is why you'll be dodging from your neighbor who's a witch at your age. You've been a Christian for the last 10 years. The witch is coming home. You quickly rush your sh- children inside. Do you know Christians do it? You call the children, come, 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 come and eat, come and eat, come and eat. It's not food. You just help, pam, pam, pam. And you know, yeah, yeah, is coming. No, they call yeah, yeah. He's a mother witch is coming. At your age, you give your children a nice pack of beautiful biscuits. Ah, thank you, ma. Thank you, ma. You give it to your dog. So I wait whether the dog will die. Of course, bingo has more faith than you. <laughs> bingo eats everything. <laughs> you know what that means? Is there more? <laughs> faith is not Oboju. I don't want, I don't know, which cannot kill me. But <laughs> faith is confidence derived from the word of God. If the word of God is not feeding you, you will not have faith. You'll be walking by Oboju. You know what they call Oboju? Bold face. You'll be rushing into where angels fear to thread, but there's no strength in your heart. No real strength. If you want to build the strength of God, it's the word. There's no other way. Prayer does not build it by itself. When you have prayed, God will send a word into your heart. It's the word that builds you up. He said the yoke is destroyed by reason of fatness. Don't stay with King James anointing as even pastor said, come right now, break the yoke and anoint in the name of Jesus. It doesn't break nothing. What breaks the yoke is fatness. When you are fed on the word of God, your neck gets thick. And the yoke of the enemy is broken. It snaps off. What I'm trying to say is that please feed yourself with God's word. When I recommend the book, go and read it. Go and read it too. Go and read it. What are you doing with your money? In fact, you know these days, life is so easy. I think Jesus is coming back very soon. Do you know why? The Bible says in the latter days, knowledge, knowledge shall increase. I remember, look, when I decided I wanted to own my copy of He Gave Gifts Unto Men, one of those things, one of those Kenneth Hagin books, I remember. I had to go and borrow 200 naira. It's bigger than money then, all right, than it is today. But I remember I had to go to my cousin and tell her, beg, please, can you lend me 200 naira? I need to go and buy a book. I didn't tell her I need to go and buy a book because the money may not drop, you know? So I just said, just lend me this 200 naira. She didn't collect the money back anyway. But why, why did I want the money? I remember that day. Entered the car with her driver. Driver was going, please drop me at Pangrove. Pangrove, I came down, crossed the bridge, went to uh, Ify Music and uh, the cross. To go and buy books. But now, the same book is available for download. I wanted to buy uh, uh, Alexander Dowie's story by Brother Lindsay a few years ago. I searched everywhere because I read the book many years ago. Such a tremendous blessing. I think we'll review, we'll review that one also. General Alexander Dowie, all right? By Gordon Lindsay. The story of the man's life. Beautiful material. She read it. And I remember I was go- every day on Amazon. I'm looking for the book. Looking for the book. And the cheapest I got was $200. Ha! Oh, when they say $200, it's an old copy, like 30 years old. They tell it's collectible. 
It's a rare book, $200. I said, which kind of wicked people? Selling a book for $200. Then I just had an idea. I just switched to Amazon UK. Bam! Guess what? I got it for £10. Oh, 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 10 pounds. Immediately I called my friend. I said, Uche, I beg, I beg, I beg. When are you coming home? Just buy the book. He said, you may not arrive before I leave. I said, doesn't matter. She will be in your house. Said, I, I've been waiting for all these years. Okay? I said, I'll survive all these years. Don't worry, I won't die now. Please just let me buy it. Then when he arrived in Enugu, I went to the airport to pick him. And reached out into his bag and brought the book. Said, I arrived before I left. I loved him that day. All the sins I'd ever committed, he was forgiven. And he did not even collect the 10 pounds. He just dashed me the book. Book that I looked for for literally years. Guess what? One day somebody just forwarded it to me, PDF. <laughs> That's where the story is going. PDF coffee. Ah, Pastor, I heard you talking about this book. Do you want it? PDF. Eh? Hey, hey. The next thing, PDF everywhere. The, of course, nothing is kept on evolving. But that my copy, I read a number of times, given a lot of people. It was, this, this was not immediately after. It was some time later. Instead flying around PDF. So if you want it, go and read it too. It's available. Books are available. I see Christians walking in ignorance. It's so painful. If we walk in ignorance at our time, we'll understand. Then to read a book. You know, I told you, I don't believe in... Sometimes when you see me do some things, download for free. Please share with your friends. There are two reasons I do it. Number one reason is because the earth must be filled with the knowledge of God as the water covers the sea. Yeah, are you getting my point? I believe in it. I'm on an, an assignment from God to make that happen. But the second reason is that, please, oh, let's go punish somebody. I'm paying for my sins. You have to show that you believe what you practice. Because God has been watching. You say, do you really believe this thing? Those who will see a Christian book will go to a, to a photocopying center. Photocopy that thing. Ah, you will buy one American Kenahigin book. That those days, 200 naira. Photocopy is 25. Make two copies. <laughs> 50 naira, you have two copies. They guys will be sharing with each other. At the end of the day, I said, go and meet him. Tell him that we saw some Christians in Nigeria photocopying your books and giving to themselves to read. Then she go and report us to God. If his mouth can open, I know you can say it. You should take pride that we love the word so much. And by the way, if God calls us, I said, okay, Banke, I heard you photocopied my servant's book. What's your defense? I said, Lord, I stand to say the book is not his own. It's the anointing you gave to him for all of us. Did you not say when he ascended high, he gave gifts unto men. He gave some as apostles. He's a gift. How can my gift be saying you are wrong for using me? You buy me perfume because you love me. I spray the perfume. The manufacturer is complaining. Why are you spraying perfume? Or the bottle himself said that. Why are you spraying me? You are my property. If you are looking for offering, let us know. We'll send you an offering. And by the way, send an offering. Some of you have read my books. It has changed your life. I've never eaten your money only. <laughs> One man wants. <laughs> it's true now. So Pastor Mark knows that whoever says I practice what he's saying, I've been free. You have been free. Your pocket is not free. <laughs> we can't soon. I was, Paul says, not because I'm looking for your money, just some things I just write. One day I went to one man's place. He said, ah, that thing you preach, I use this very much. See, I said, doors open, doors open. <laughs> I was looking at him like this. 
Nasir, okay, before you go today, you will dash me two tips. I will dash you two tips. I will dash you two tips. In great, I will dash you two tips. I said, I felt I like extracting from his spirit everything he has learned from me. Let poverty come upon him. He couldn't even say, sir, I didn't know I will see you today. Please, sir, this is 200 Richard's card. I know it is small. Please just load it. So, if the, by, by the way, so any man of God that will say, okay, I can give you offering, but this book, I will copy it. I copied ah, my father. There was a time all the gifts I gave people. This is my wife of today. This wife where I married. One day when I had the Mac, you know, say the Mac, you the Mac babe. I didn't mark that babe that time. So one, one of my sisters would join me in the marking process. Each of my, she can't call me. Say, Pastor Banky, I said, what's going on? He said, so for my birthday, eh? What's the had come? Had come? Well, you know, God, oh God, thank you. Thank God he didn't know better. If I know some wicked women these days, eh, I'll have gone to look for money to buy coastal. <laughs> I'll buy expensive ice cream. Go and buy jewelry. You know what I took there? Cassette. You know, I, I thought that was valid. You, that's, that's what you take. Amen. <laughs> it's a sign you're a serious man. I still remember the tape, Go for Discoveries by David Oyedepo. I didn't have to buy it. You know me. <laughs> I already had it. I, I have packed empties. I was, a, I was a distributor of empty tapes. I'm, still, I'm telling you, I didn't used to buy empty tapes one at a time. It's packs. I didn't used to buy in shops. I went to the distributors under the bridge in Oshodi. I went inside the Lungos. You know, you get the, all the boys selling these tapes. Give me two packs of 90, two of 60. That's how I used to buy it. I'm not joking. I carried it in. I had this sharp twin cam recorder. So I said, okay, we're going to mark a babe. Nothing spoiled. I just put one inside, put one outside, put it in. Dub. When they finish dubbing, I put out for this thing. Enter the big moto. Off to Benin. Happy birthday. I brought you kisses from Lagos. Omo. <laughs> that is why these days, you can copy my messages and pay them back. <laughs> All those things of those days, kissing. We have to pay back. <laughs> I, I can't tell anybody. In fact, now I said, God, so you can forgive me fully in case there's anything inside. I said, please share with your friends. I'm distributing iniquity to all of us. <laughs> the Lord is good. No, listen. Knowledge is increasing. I don't know why the Christian should be ignorant these days. How can you be ignorant? Ah, once I was somewhere counseling with one woman. She was talking. She was crying and everything. I went travel to go and preach. When I finished, I said, look, everything you have said to me, that day I realized that I couldn't really help her much. Because, look, we didn't have the time. You know, like, like Pastor came to say something. They said, where do we start talking from? So let's just go, go. The foundation were too far apart. We need to start building you from the bottom. Ah! And I was going to leave. I was just there for a few days. Maybe I had one more day to go. How do I help this woman? And I said, I have this set of messages. Not even, was it even one of our own messages or some of those ones I had? I had it on my phone. I just said, what's the, so the, her phone looked like an iPhone. I just assumed she was using an iPhone. I said, well, I will have given you some messages that you will listen to. There were plenty. I said, but use an iPhone, we can't communicate. No, it's not, he said it's not an iPhone. Oh, it's a Samsung. He said, yeah, ah, oh, ha <laughs> I said, Samsung, okay, bring it now. He said, you know how to use Wi-Fi direct? She said, no, I showed it to her. I put on my Wi-Fi direct. Do you understand? In like two minutes, I, get, ah, I must have shifted to her like 20 different messages. 
You know the way Wi-Fi moves, those of you who use Zender. You know, sharp, 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 sharp. Those days, for me to give anybody those tips, is hours and hours of copying. I will go to my guys, no shoddy. Bring the tapes. I remember the first day I saw Miles Morrow. No, I didn't really see. I, I heard one message by Miles Morrow. I was not sharing in my office. There's one lady, Bumi. She was doing a post in my department. She not just heard it. She not said, oh, um, my husband has a lot of the messages. I said, what did you say? <laughs> I said, can I borrow, it? borrow them? He said, they are video cases. I said, he won't give anybody. Your husband will not give anybody. Can you believe I follow this woman home? You'll be surprised, though. Madam, but where's your house? <laughs> I'm not kidding. She was just walking, you know, doing a posting in my department. She was doing ophthalmology. Came to my department. I said, where is your house? I need to meet your husband. I went to her house. Whether I followed her that day or she described it, but I went there in the Keja, all the way from Adiaraba. I went to her house in the Keja. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I met the man. Hello, sir. <laughs> I played with him. We just said, I said, your wife said you have these tapes. And he said, yes. And I don't give people. I said no. I brought my video cassette recorder. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I gave him my video cassette recorder. Me and him arranged the connection. I gave him a pack of empty VHS tapes. Oh yeah. Say so you won't give anybody. I'm not taking it. Just copy it here. All those videos now on YouTube, one click away. You give Glow 500 Naira for the weekend. They give you 3 gig. You download all of these things. I'm telling you, now, you download. There are old messages of TDJs. Just go on YouTube. You start searching them out. All of them available download. Just download. 500 Naira one weekend. You know that. Glow will give that to you. If you know what we had to do those days. God. I took my tape to the house of a man I hardly knew. Just because his wife slipped out of her mouth. That my husband has these tips. I can't borrow them. No, he said the man prized them so much he won't give to anybody. I said, there's no problem. If Muhammad will not go to the mountain, the mountain is already with Muhammad. There's no need talking again. He, he man, ah, that is, I went there. He agreed to do them for me. They were like six or seven. Let me explain what I'm saying. Minimum of two hours each. There was no fast dub because there are two different machines. So this man was on my case for nothing less than 14 to 20 hours. Something like that. So I left, them, left the stuff with him after about a week. I don't know whether I went back or gave them to his wife to give to me. And trust me now. It became my gift to people. Ah, man of God, how are you doing? Have you listened to this? No. i make you a copy. We'll go and start wiring. Oh, what have I not done? This is no be just putting a flash copy. Five minutes, it has copied. Those were carrying machines up and down Lagos, buying VHS tapes. Now, everything is a, is a click away. Many of you know hidden treasures. I was looking for New American Standard Bible. I looked everywhere. It's not a very popular Bible. I worried the woman so much, she dashed me this one. This is my favorite Bible. That's what I like to read. I don't have a copy now. The woman said, well, I have one. Since you love it so much, Mrs. Ahirim gave me this Bible. Now, five, five, for five dollars, just five dollars, I have it on my tab, on my phone, and my computer. I worried Mrs. Ahirim until she parted with this one for me. Because we used to talk about it. You can see it here. Her name is written there. 
Why would anybody be ignorant now? You know, <laughs> if you know how we had to, what we did to study the word was broke one time. The story I was telling you guys earlier, you know, that last week. Yeah, was here, I was telling the story, yes. When my wife said, I've eaten. I was not married that time, she was in Benin, I was in Lagos. Do you know, in the midst of being hungry, one day I took a stroll to the bookshop. That's what I do. That's what I used to do. I saw heritage of great evangelical teachings. I said, uh-huh. How much was the book? 2,000 naira. I saw the complete works of Josephus. Uh-huh. How much was it? 2,000 naira. I went back, started looking for any of my friends that had 5,000 naira to lend somebody. I didn't borrow the money to eat. I went back, bought the books. Then dashed the security man another book that I said I wanted to dash to his pastor. I bought three books for 4,500 naira change. Later, this wife of mine called me again. How are you? I said, ah, I bought some books today. She looked, how much? I told her, 4,000 naira. She was thinking, this is a man who told me he didn't have money to eat. He had money to buy books. Now, the book, Heritage of Great Evangelical Teachings, all the content is on the web now for free because they are old teachings. They run out of copyright. Just a click away. And people are still walking in ignorance. I don't understand. I don't understand why anybody should still be walking in ignorance. Once I was thinking about it, when it says it shall come to pass, and the last days I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. We used to look at it, the Holy Spirit will come, the Holy Spirit will come down. And that is true, the Holy Spirit will come down. When, uh, when uh, Peter referred to it, he was referring to the come down of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. But there's much more to it than that. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So when God wants to pour his spirit upon all flesh, he has to pour his word upon all flesh. Do you know there was a time, a whole city like Enugu will have only one Bible. But now, an average mobile phone owned by a Christian, we have 20 versions. All of them one click away. No, Jesus is coming soon. Yeah, he has to be, he has to be on his way. That's why everything is being accelerated. Pastor Corey did a program today in Meduguri. Ministers, you know, reclaiming the land for ministers and Christian leaders in Meduguri. And I just got a message from him. You could follow it live on internet radio. <laughs> we'll do programs there and there. Live streaming, YouTube, Facebook. Anybody that wants to be ignorant does not know where to channel his or her money to. Anybody who's ignorant now doesn't know where to channel. We are buying expensive clothes. You know the truth, the truth is that the cost of makeup has not come down. Have you noticed it? America is more expensive than ever before. But people are still buying it. The Bible has been getting cheaper. Books have been getting free. And they still don't know anything. Ah. No, God has balanced his own way. He said, makeup remain the same. Clothes are still expensive. But books have gotten cheaper. Every single book Pastor Banke has written, apart from one, is on the web for free download on our website. Have you ever seen a place where clothes are there for free download? <laughs> Click here, we send you the latest Armani suit. <laughs> they send it to you, don't wear it. There's something inside. <laughs> That is God has made this so easy for us. If we are still in ignorance, we like it like that. Let me get back to what I was saying. I know where I went into all of this. If you think I'm lost, I'm not lost. I'm sure even you have forgotten where I started this from. I know where I was. I was saying that, listen, go and read 
the Triumphant Church by Kenneth Higgin. That's where I began all of this from. So please go and read the book, Triumphant Church by Kenneth Higgin. Inside that book, he described the experience of one woman who, while he watched in the vision, he saw her go down to eternal damnation. But it didn't happen in one day. And the Lord Jesus, who was teaching this prophet for, for our sake, so that we could learn, showed how this woman was, she was married to a pastor, very beautiful woman, very beautiful singer. And Satan kept on telling her, look at how the church has cheated you. Look at how fine you are. Look at how well you can sing. If you were in the world, by now you'd be making millions. You will have so much money. First few times, she, re- she resisted the, the devil. After some time, she ate the fruit. She left her husband and went to start singing. You know, trying to Listen, Christianity is not about prosperity. God does not owe you money. You want to save him, get used to it. Prosperity is not something he owes to you, otherwise you'll go somewhere else. One Samuel Poso came to town, I was in the program, and he was saying that we need to encourage young musicians, because he came to town to encourage young Christian musicians, young talents. And I sat and I was looking at him. Good thing, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I was saying, when we don't do it like this, next thing, they will sing free me. Is it Terry G sang free me? I said, ah, they will sing free me. They will now leave the church. We will now be blaming them. Remember, when they went to the church, we did not encourage them. I thought of the guy beside me. I said, I'm a preacher. Who encouraged me? I felt like getting up and walking out. This is rubbish talk. I don't owe you encouragement or your talent. I owe you to encourage you in walking in righteousness. Are you the most talented thing on the earth? What nonsense. People more talented than you are born in hellfire. What nonsense. People more talented than you are forsaking singing. And they decide to go and serve God. What are you doing? rubbish are you telling me? Turn to the guy beside me and say, listen, what rubbish is this? I said, free me. Who will free you to go to hell? Who's begging you? Who will free you? When you are there roasting, who's going to be there? Free me. You are free. <laughs> you are free. You think we are begging you to be a Christian? We are begging you to serve the Lord? We are not. We are, we are, we are, we are warning you to flee from the judgment to come. What are you doing for us? We are saying to you, the soul that sins, he shall die. Who's begging you? I was one guy following up one young woman one day who used to, you know, follow Bosch sugar daddies and all of that. And he called the guy, asking the guy for some things. The guy was there, nothing that, uh, that, uh, you know, he said, he, I told the girl that he doesn't have money. The girl now sent him a text message. You know, he showed me the message. Now he told him to leave my boyfriend. Now you are not there for me. I said, send I Hey, I said, no wonder God didn't make me the pastor of a church. I don't get that. I will call you. Is that you to leave your boyfriend? Please. I authorize you. Go back. I hang the phone. The beg will come heaven. Even my house is saying, come chop, we can't walk. Abi? I'm telling you, flee from judgment. Saying, I tell you to leave your boyfriend. Don't leave your boyfriend and go back. What are they going to do with it? People like you, they use for sacrifices. They give you an iPhone. They give you HIV with it. What's the big deal? People you are following, if you know how worthless what they are spending on you is. No, to them it's nothing. You're worth, you're, you're worth nothing. You cheapen yourself and I will not be begging you. I'm trying to give your life value. 
And I'll be begging you. Then they look at the guy and say, ah, bros, do your work. Thank God God he didn't send me. Otherwise, the guy is going to hell. Because I'm not, I, I won't beg you. The wife that I married couldn't get me to be begging her to do what is right. I will not be begging you. Who are you? Even if my name is David, I won't beg you. You don't want to marry a second wife. <laughs> In that vision, that woman, Satan, that is now followed, now ran after the world. Why am I talking about her? Jesus loves us so much. John told us about it. You know why? Why I said that? He kept sending people to her. Kept calling her back. And in that vision, he told, he, told, he, told, he told the prophet, I don't care the number of men she has had. Even if at this point she came back, I would have taken her back. But she didn't come back. And one day she just walked into where some ministers are gathered and said, hey, boy, let me let you know. I, don't ha- let me let- I want to tell of you, I don't have time for you. I don't have time for your Jesus Christ. And Jesus said to the prophet, at that point, it was too late. So those who say, one save, all they say, I don't know where they get their own revelation from. Because scriptures teach us it's not true. Experiences from credible prophets teach us it's not true. Now, I began all of this by, listen, we're not looking, we're not working with God looking for what we can get away with. No, that's not it. He's not looking for who, and he is not looking for who to send to hell. So like, let me be sure this will not send me to hell. No, that's not the issue. I just, you know, I went to that, letting you know that he's patient. He said in that particular situation, he kept on sending people to this woman. He kept on sending people to her. Sending prophets to her. To this particular prophet, listen. So he said, what do you want me to do now? To the prophet, there's nothing you can do to help her now. It is just that at this particular point in time, Satan is now taking advantage of her to harass the husband's ministry, the former husband's ministry. So I need you to stop that. So what do I do? Say, rebuke this devil and tell the devil to stop in that movement of harassing of my servant. So he rose up and spoke to those priests possessing the woman. You will desist from harassing the ministry of this particular man of God. Right now, in the name of Jesus. And they left. So that's all. But as for her, she's condemned eternally. Please go and read the book. I'm telling the whole story now. Triumphant Church. But you, Paul said, I'm convinced of better things concerning you. For God is not unjust to us to forget your work and the love you have shown to us his name in that you minister to the saints and you still do minister. This is the point I'm just making. We are not, we are not afraid of going to hell. We are not going there. I hope you're getting my point. No, no, no. We are not going there. Once we hold on to faith, once we love the Lord, we are not going. It's not a one day process. Just, you know, just fight in the market and God sends it to you. No, it doesn't do that. It doesn't do that. But we are more concerned about how do we please him on a daily basis? How do we do things that are pleasing to him? That's what concerns us. How do we do things that are pleasing to the Lord? Did we read one scripture at the beginning? What did I mention? Let's now read it now. Ah. So that's why we're talking about the culture of faith. So we'll learn how to please the Lord. We want to please him. We want to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, to bear fruit in every good work, and to increase in the knowledge of God. We want to increase in the knowledge of God. Now let's read, um, ah, I don't know how much time I have left. Let us read from verse 6. Like I said, where I'm really going is further down, but last time we were talking about Thanksgiving as we're ending that matter of having a mouth seasoned with salt, grace upon our lips to minister to people. 
Verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. That is, even though you are a believer, you cannot walk in those things and not expect the wrath of God. That would be deception. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, that is the way you walked, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Walk as children of light, trying to learn what is pleasing. Oh God, did you notice that? Verse 10, just like we've been saying. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. That is, teach people what is right. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. He said, but all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. Now, let me just continue. Verse 15, therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled, now please notice this is my verse, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Now, I've read this you know, as one of those um, things that Paul taught us to do as a practical side of our Christianity. Yes, our faith is in our hearts. The blessings are spiritual. But we have to apply ourselves to walking in a way pleasing to God outwardly. Then those spiritual blessings can come into our lives, you know, in reality, that is in physical reality. Now, we have looked at many things. The last time we concluded talking about how we use our mouth, we're talking about it. And we're concluding, I talked about thanksgiving as a habit. And that's what Paul is teaching us here. That as Christians, we must be full of thanksgiving. In every situation, we must give the Lord thanks. He said, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God. For all things. Even when they look negative. We talked about it last time. All things is all things. They work together for good. It's amazing how God brings good out of that which may be negative. That's why he's God. I hope you are getting my point. That's why he's God. He can bring something very beautiful out of that which initially looked negative. One thing we, we, we must do as believers to activate that principle is to always be full of thanksgiving. Be full of thanksgiving for what you see. Be full of thanksgiving for what you don't see. Be full of thanksgiving that for what God has done in your life. Be full of thanksgiving for what you are expecting him to do. If you even read his promises, thank God for those things. If you read of his judgments in time past, thank God for those things. If you look around you in your country, thank God for what is going on. Give thanks. It's a commandment. Are you getting my point? It's an instruction from the Almighty. We must give thanks in everything. God hates grumbling. He hates grumbling. He does not, that is, he despises grumblers. When people grumble, and like I said last time, those who are grumbling, they have a reason for grumbling. Do you understand my point? So don't think that um, if you see somebody who's not grumbling, it is because the fellow does not have anything to complain about. There are those who think that, ah, this man has a lot of money. My, my uncle is rich. And so let's go and take from him. Just because he's not telling you his troubles. You understand my point? 
If you were to sit down and tell everything he's going through too, you too, in fact, you will contribute money for him. <laughs> Are you getting my point? All right. It's a habit we form. It's a habit we form deliberately, not to be complainers. It's a habit we form deliberately. I've seen, you know, people who grumble a lot, have you noticed that you don't like them? You don't want to visit them. Why are you not visiting this fellow? Sometimes you don't even know why. There are people, there's nobody that's so negative. They complain about everything. Let me just, in case you are here, I feel like delivering you today. You are playing with an evil spirit. Once they get to a place, the first thing they see is what is not right. Let's take our, our place as an example. They arrive. Why is your road not falling? It's supposed to be a big city. Said there are four lanes on both sides. No, I mean, on each side, there should be four lanes. It should be like an eight-lane road. This is your major road, isn't it? And you're like, sorry, I don't know why it's not eight lanes. See, that's the problem. If you get to America, a standard city like this, you know, they start. They are going to a back leaky. It's not supposed to be a federal road. Why is it single lane? It should be dual carriage. You know, when it is not dual carriage, they start telling you, and they're talking all the time. I, I know people like that, though. I'm sure you know people like that. And I hope you are not like that. In fact, you were like that, but now you are in the light. Amen? Amen. God has delivered you in the name of Jesus Christ. It's a spirit. That spirit of complaining is a spirit. It's a spirit. You have to let go of it. Learn a new habit of always looking for something that is good. You come to it and go, wow, beautiful city you guys have here. Oh, your roads are good. Oh, your lights are on at night. Just find something good to say. There is enough. I know some people think it's trendy to just complain. And like last time I quoted, you must never join the mosques to do what is wrong. You see people who complain about everything. Let me tell you the truth. They are attracting evil spirits into their lives. As you grow older, the spirit of depression will hold. Listen, it's as a young man and a young woman, you are sowing the seeds for what your life will be like later in life. The spirit of depression will lay hold of your head. You won't know why. Every time people will complain, pray for him, pray for this person. They'll be worried about you. They don't know that as a young man, from the time you were 20, you learned the habit because you saw the older people complaining. And you felt that's the right thing to do. As you grow older, you become critical of everything. Everything the government does, oh, let's not even go near there. Once it is government, you've started. Criticism one after the other every time. Listen to me, you are not hurting the government, you are hurting yourself. You grow up that critical, by the time, listen to me, you'll be hypertensive, for sure. By the time you hit the age of 55, depression will start in your life. You'll be constantly depressed. Why? Like I quoted the road to you last time. He said, whatever you do regularly, you become good at it. You have created a culture of negativism. You are always negative. Life is spiritual. You will attract evil spirits. You will. And guess what? The things you greatly fear will start coming upon you. Things will just start going wrong in your life. You won't know why. Listen to me. The reason is because you have attracted evil spirits into your system. Always you know, looking for what is wrong. Always looking for what somebody did not do properly. Some people, as if you give, uh, in fact, somebody just ran through my mind. As if you give them a sense of superiority. Do you understand my point? To undermine everything that everybody else is doing. I'm saying to you again today, it's a very ungodly attribute. You must drop it. As believers, we must be known for what? Thanksgiving. Sometimes, you know, I, I told you this before, I used to argue with people a lot because I couldn't see what they were saying. 
I remember when our salary, my colleagues calculated it for me and said we're earning $70 a month. And I remember I said to them, it's not true. My salary is not $70. My salary is 5,000 naira. That's what it was that time, if you calculated it. I said it's 5,000 naira, it's not $70. So it's annoying. I still remember that day. One woman said, it's very annoying. I said, what's annoying about it? I earn 5,000 naira. And that's what, that, my own is that, I said on that, I can eat. On that, I, in fact, Actually, at the point in time, we're not washing our own clothes. There, there were these boys anyway that washed a shirt for 10 naira, trousers for 15 naira those days. So after a while, we didn't see any reason why we should wash our own clothes. On our small salary, we were able to employ those young, young guys. They would just come carry all your clothes, go and wash them, return them ironed, 10 naira a shirt. It was 5,000 naira we were earning. I focused on those things. I said, listen, with this little money, I mean, Life is good. They will remind me of things like, by now your mate, you know, if you have a car, you know, a doctor of your level, you have left school three, four years ago, you don't have, hey, I don't have, have I died? I said, well, after all, the future is bright. I said, if you, do you, are you getting my point here? Like I was saying last time, I have never, my wife has never heard me grumble about life. Never. Ever. But those who complain all the time, you saw the joke, it's been raining straight now for seven days, and Buhari is not doing anything about it. <laughs> oh, you've seen that joke? Well, it's flying around now. So the last three days it's been raining, and, and the president is not doing anything about it. It may sound funny, do you know that's what a lot of us do? This one sounds funny, but a lot of us do it. Let's remember, Thanksgiving is an attribute of Christians. The Bible says, exercise yourself unto godliness. You know what that means? You will do it deliberately. You will do it deliberately. You will del- that is, you will be deliberate about it. That today, I am going to look at everything that is wrong, and I'm going to start giving God thanks. It becomes a habit. Listen, as a matter of fact, it attracts what is good towards you. There's what is called the spirit of heaviness. Let me tell you about the spirit of heaviness. It makes people sick. It makes them hypertensive. It makes them diabetic. After a while, it even gives cancer. Spiritual things control physical things. Let me say something to you. Please, don't make worry a habit. I feel like talking about that. There are th- people that feel it's a sign of maturity. That they are growing. When they learn how to worry, they now join, join worry gangs. You know what they call worry gangs? They join a WhatsApp chat group where they thrive in painting pictures of doom and gloom. What's going to happen to our children? Education in this country. <laughs> oh God, I just, <laughs> just by the way, I have a, I have a friend that does that. I don't know whether it's a friend or an enemy, but I mean, <laughs> somebody I interact with once in a while. Anyway, the other day, Somebody posted something, a list of um, the efficiency of healthcare systems in the world for for 191 countries that are in the United uh, in WHO World Health Organization, and they showed that Nigeria was in like number 180 something. I think I talked about it last time, did I? Okay, they showed that Nigeria was like number 185, no, by 187 thereabout on the list of 1 to 191. And so the discussion was there. Hey, can you imagine? Look at where your country is. <laughs> Look at where your country is. 
You know me, God has given me the spirit of joy, gladness, and hope. I, I went through the list, and I said, listen, Syria is higher than Nigeria in that list. Far higher. Yemen was higher than Nigeria in that list. Far higher. There's another one country now. Syria, Yemen, and Libya. That was the first thing I pointed out. I said, this list is crap. This is a nonsense list. Is it why I said, because how can Libya, Syria, and Yemen be higher than Nigeria on the list of anything apart from violence? <laughs> no, if you know what's going on in the world, how on earth can it happen? They said, I should check it. That is a WHO report. I said, I've seen this list a number of times before, but I've never seen anybody refer to WHO reports. You know, give me a link. But the link that was on it, I followed that link. I went there. I clicked. I saw somebody writing an article. And that article, he hyperlinked a particular text to that WHO report. So I clicked on it. And I found it was a genuine WHO report. So I made up my mind that they must be smoking. And I read it closely. Let's, let's make a long story short. It was based on data that's 21 years old. And it was released like 18 years ago. And somebody was already using it to insult Nigeria in 2018. So I pointed out to the group. I said, guys, I've seen that this report was released in year 2000. Yes, year 2000. Compiling, that's analyzing things compiled in the year 1997. So my, the person said, said, no, you didn't check it well. It's a 2017 report. So good enough. That's why I like my, the phone I use. Can do a beautiful screen capture. I just did a screenshot, circled that area, all right, where they wrote 1997, and pushed it to the group. Somebody said, God bless you. He said, whoever disagrees, send your own facts. Now, you see, this is a problem with when you have a negative attitude. You will not even see when they are lying to you. Many people have packed, if you see how blessed they are in Nigeria, but they have packed and become refugees in America and in Canada. One of our brothers told me the other day that two of his colleagues in the office, they packed and went to Australia just to go anywhere. Who wants to go to Australia? Bushfire alone. <laughs> hey. Anyway, he said they were in Australia. People that are well paid. He said after some time, they said they were doing a course, that they wanted to move over there. He said after some time, the man realized that when they want to go to the market to go and buy groceries, household supplies, that became a matter of discussion. So you know what the man did? He told his wife, oh yeah, pack. Pack, pack. The wife, he and his wife, they packed, boarded the plane and came back home. Good enough, the way he said their company has something to do. They allow you like a time off. So it was still, they were still on that time off. So they returned and said, we have come back home. <laughs> it was nice staying there. He said the guy just settled down and realized that back home, our food has never been discussion. Household supplies, I have never discussed it. So what are these people turning me to? Listen, many people have missed their destinies because they are grumblers. Many people have missed their destiny because they are complainers. Instead of them to be full of thanksgiving, they are not. What are they full of? Complaining. And their eyes have been blinded to the opportunities that God has kept around them. I had a story of a man who was working in one of these multinationals. And one day his, his um, boss retired or left. And he assumed that they were going to promote him to take over the position. And guess what they did? They did not promote him to take over, to take over the position. 
what they did was to bring somebody else and put above him. And in anger, you know what he did? He resigned. He forgot one thing. It's not my company. I don't own it. He forgot that this doesn't belong to him. He's a worker there. And the owner of the company has the right. He's a multinational. They have the right to do. And you are the one that thinks you are right for the position. They've assessed you. They don't think so. These are private companies. They know what's good for them. If you were that good, they will find a way of keeping you there. When you are resigning a job and they are collecting your resignation letter, just know something is bad. Are you getting my point? You are, you're getting angry. I'm resigning and they say, bring it. Just say, look, let me think about it. Look, look, look. Fine. Don't drop it. You know what it means? You're not worth what you're thinking. You're the one that thinks you're so good. This guy resigned. Ah, I can't take that. Mm. There is a saying in Western Nigeria that when suffering comes, if you are too small to, to reject the suffering and you decide to reject it, you have by that signed for a bigger one. Are you getting my point? That they can't insult me in this office, you resign. And you are not too big to be insulted. That by that resignation, you will get insults, you will get hunger. You, that is, <laughs> the thing that is coming upon you, the ordinary boss is shouting on me, that's the issue. Something worse. This man, the first thing of the story, said, after a while, the suffering was so bad, he packed into an uncompleted building, I'm telling you the truth, and just used cloth and wood to close the window. A man that was aspiring to managerial level in a big multinational. Listen, that's what grumbling does to people. That is what, com- listen, it's important. Christians who must be full of thanksgiving. It's so crucial. That's not what I wanted to teach you. I wanted to talk about, you know, we read that thing about music. I was going because, you see, I just said, ah, Christian, Christian culture. We're not talking about the Christian and his music. And we must, I was going to get there today, but the Holy Spirit just went the way it went, so we'll just leave that one till next time. Maybe we'll close the series with it. So let me just explain this one. The negative attitude that's full of grumbling misses the opportunities of blessing in life. That's a matter of fact. Take a country like ours, you know. Like somebody said, there's a white man that said this, so I don't know which one of these big men. If I, it's somebody that if I remember the name and I told you two, you will know, you know. You know imagine someone like um, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, you know, people like that. <laughs> one of them said this, I can't remember who said it, that Nigeria is the world's best kept secret. Did you hear that? That is the world's best kept secret. That the secret is kept. Only a few people know it and they are chopping from it. Most of the world, they, they wrongly rate the country. They don't know what is going on. So they keep on speaking negatively about not knowing that something serious. This is a, I can't remember who said it. But he said, this is a well-kept secret. That my brother was telling me about, he said in their company, that they noticed that some people, some of these foreign, these, uh, these uh, expatriates, I work with them. That they, all the noise, Nigeria is dangerous, uh, militants, you know, I'm robbery, bad roads. So those guys that work for the multinationals, they will write to their, their headquarters are in Europe and U.S. They keep on writing reports. And based on the dangers around, they claim heavy allowances. Say, boy, you talk to the same people. Are you not going home? Where? Go to where? Say, no. They like it here. But everywhere is dangerous. Don't worry about it. Guys at home believe that. That is good like that. You know what that means to them? Two things. One, more money. Two, and nobody from home wants to come and replace them. He said, one day, one, in one of those companies, I think it's Ajip. Somebody looked and said, 
The place is dangerous. These guys are not coming home. So he moved all of them fast. <laughs> because they found out, look, there was no danger. One of them said that he's not going home. He said, why not? He said, what about the crime in Nigeria? He said, crime in Nigeria? Say, if they, if they kidnap you, you give them money. They let you go. Say, my country, if a man kidnaps you, nobody's finding you again. Because he doesn't need money. He's crazy. He said, this was what he said. He said, we'll cut you while you watch. Do you understand? He will cut you bit by bit. So that's the kind of kidnapper they have in my own country. Nigerian kidnappers are looking for money. So he has money available. Anytime you kidnap him, he will pay you. In fact, you can work on an arrangement, kidnapping arrangement. When, guys, when are you guys coming back? Okay, next year. How much will be that time? Can I pay now so that no kidnapping for three years? <laughs> uh, if you watch the news, you'll see things now. There was one that, <laughs> what does he do? He will lock the women inside a cage, a crate. That's where they will live for months. So that he'll have a woman anytime he needs one. And when he's tired with that one, he'll shoot her. Then go and kidnap another one. Oh, usually he kills their boyfriend. Normally, you, you know, you catch them. Ah, let's go out somewhere together. He comes with a guy, kills the guy while she's watching. And chains her. And she's his sex slave till he's tired. And when he's tired, he'll shoot that one and go and kidnap another. Until one day, the police came near that area. Because remote area, you know, America is big. Remote area, police came to investigate something. When she heard voices, she was inside a container. You know what they call container? That's why she was leaving. She had been there for three months. So she, when she heard voice, said, no, this cannot be my captor. She carried something and started banging the wall of the container. That's when police now found that there was somebody inside. They now freed her. The guy is in jail for life right now. What am I trying to say? If you want to look for what is negative, you will find. But my message is that it prevents you from seeing the good that God has placed around you. If you don't have a heart full of gratitude and thanksgiving, you will miss divine opportunities. Don't ever forget that statement I made. Divine opportunities are around us every day. In fact, I need to read this one because I talked about it. Open my eyes, oh Lord. I preached a message here some time ago. You can check it on our website. I don't know our collection where it is now. But check the website for the message. Open our eyes, oh Lord. There you will find the story of Hagar. I described it in there. Divine opportunities. Those who are full of grumbling, who are full of complaining, they always miss divine opportunities. I want to just read something here about when Abraham told Hagar to leave. Open your Bible to Genesis chapter uh, 21. That's what I taught in that message. Open my eyes, O Lord. Now, you know the story. Abraham told Hagar to go according to the instruction of the Lord when Sarah requested. Genesis chapter 21. So, of course, when Abraham told her to go, all he gave her in verse 14, he took bread and a skin of water, just like a jug of water, and that's all he gave to Hagar and to go away with uh, Ishmael. Of course, that quickly finished. You can imagine that. That finished up quickly. In verse 15, when the water and the skin was used up, she left the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him, about a bow shot away, for she said, Do not let me see the boy die. By that time, he was dehydrated, you can imagine. God heard the lad crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter with you, Hagar? 
Do not fear, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him by the hand, and I will make a great nation of him. Verse 19. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. Let's just stop reading there. The day I read that, you know what struck me? <laughs> she was not dying because there was no water. She was dying because her eyes were closed. That is, her eyes were not open. Physically, they were open, you understand? But she was not discerning the opportunities around her. What does that tell you? That boy was going to die, not because God did not provide water. She also probably would have died of thirst, not because God did not provide water. But because they could not see what God had provided. I don't know whether you are getting my point here. Please listen to that message. Open my eyes, O Lord. A lot of times when we are complaining and crying, there is something around that God has provided. And the way God does things, he's just watching us. He's just watching, waiting for you to just ask him. He's just watching. Watching, waiting to see whether you will do what is right. And I'm instructing you, children of God today, a child of God today, all believers must know this. Anytime you grumble, your eyes are closed. Anytime you are not full of gratitude, no matter how painful your situation is, your eyes are closed. Now, God does not joke. When Jonah went to the water, he was meant to drown. It was repentance in his heart at that time that raised him up. Don't think God was doing demo. You know, like, you know they call demo? Trying to scare him. He wasn't trying to scare him. When God came to kill Moses, he wasn't trying to scare Moses. That was the just recompense of reward for disobedience. What saved his life was repentance in the heart of his wife on his behalf. What am I saying? Hagar would have died except that something happened and it caused God to speak to open her eyes and then she saw the, the provision that the Lord had there. Many people are running up and down and God is saying, if only you will allow me open your eyes. If only you allow me open your eyes. It is not in learning from where you are now to another place that there's provision. It's in eyes being what? Opened. And eyes will never be opened except the heart is full of gratitude. Eyes will never be opened unless there's no grumbling in the heart. Eyes will never be opened, don't ever forget this, except you've made gratitude and thanksgiving a culture. There's a deep well around somebody full of living water. You know what the Bible says? It says, with joy, you will draw water from what? The well of salvation. There's water around. I'm telling you. What's it? Oh, God. Ah! Sometimes I see people make decisions. Okay. Undukar, you're the one that told me about a man and his wife. Bankers, right? Or one of them a banker. They got American visiting visa. You know what they call visiting visa? Packed all their load. Bought the plane and went to America. And started living inside the motel. Waiting for what? I don't know. That is, you, you see, human beings make decisions you want, you want to ask. Are you alright? Witchcraft is real. No, witchcraft has to be because obviously some people's brains are eating. Because you see adults make decisions. God. And you will say, I mean, like I, last, was here, I was explaining recently. <laughs> There are things that you hear people say. They want to go around and they are looking for money. How much are they looking for? 10 million naira. 6 million naira. Every society has a breaking period. Are you getting my point? 
So you see a man, you see a woman, a couple, they're in their late thirties. Maybe they have hit 40. And they are trying to raise six million naira to move to another country. Breaking into that society before they become comfortable will take nothing less than five years. So at the age of 45 is when you finally settle down now. I'm not saying there's a problem with that. But you could raise 10 million naira. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Five years before. Then somebody must have really done despise to your faith. <laughs> somebody must have really removed your faith from God. Because how will you think that without God, you'll be blessed in any place? And how will you think that with God, you cannot be blessed where you are? I don't know whether you are getting what I'm trying to explain. If you had a little bit of faith and you had that 6 million, 5 million, 10 million you are looking for, why couldn't you settle down and say, God, give me inspiration on what I should do? They asked Ali Kodangote once. That was Ali Kodangote asked. I'll give you a few people, to two of them. They're talking about the problems in the country. Power and everything. You know what he said? He said all of them are taken care of by the markup on the products. Yes. That, no, that's not a problem. That there's enough markup on his products to be able to take care of that. They asked him, what is his name? Akim Belosage. About all the instabilities and insecurities. He said every country has its own. He said, he said abroad their own disruptors is technology. He said technology does not disrupt things as quickly back home. So we have our own problems. Anything can disrupt. He said what the government, the government will change. He said every business has a risk. That was when he said that, you know, he, 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 he bidded for the license, GSM license that time, and dropped out once they crossed $200 million. He led a team of investors, $200 million, he dropped out. They finally stopped at 285 It was at 285 that they didn't have enough people going on. Enough people were no longer there, so they now dropped and stopped at 285 So MTN, Econet, and one other company that time, that had a problem with their license. Because one was kept for United. United didn't participate in the bidding. It was kept by the government that whatever it is, United will pay. So they were actually bidding for only three licenses. Let's make a long story short. When he was making that statement, when he was now giving that speech, it was an American university. You know what he said? He said, that was the worst business decision of my life. He said, now we know that the true value of that license was $800 million. That the true value was something like $800 million. $285 million was a giveaway. Without $285 million, MTN has you know, bought a market that accounts for most of the money they make in the whole of Africa. Most of the money they make comes from Nigeria, not South Africa. What am I trying to say? People bury opportunities all the time because they are full of what? Grumbling and complaining. And this is how I finish my message today. In the name of Jesus, you will never grumble again. Yeah. Yeah, that was a direct word to help you. In Jesus' name, complaining is not your portion. Amen. You will not become an angry old man. Amen. You will not become an angry old woman. Amen. You will not walk away from all the wells that God has dug around you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen to this. The angel of God will open your eyes. Amen. And you will see the well that God has dug full of living water for you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's give it a lot and say, Father, we thank you. Let's just give him thanks. Say, thank you. Thank you for the word. Thank you for your word that I've heard today. 
All right, for your blessing, give me an amen. amen. I prophesy to you, goodness will go with you too. Amen. Divine healing is your portion. Amen. You are walking in divine health. Amen. Every affliction in your body is rebuked. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Power to please God, receive it. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Sometimes people have confusion. Sometimes they don't know what to do. Now this is the prayer I pray for you. You, you will know what to do. Amen. You will be in the office and say, decide on this. Understanding will just speak to you. Amen. Clarity will just be upon you. Amen. Your eyes will see clearly. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I feel like I pray this prayer. In the midst of danger, you will see the angels. Amen. You will see God's angels clearly. Amen. When Elisha was not afraid, it was not because of faith. It was what he knew. It was what he had seen. That's why he prayed for the other man. Lord, open his eyes. Your eyes will be open in the name of Jesus. Your eyes will be open. You will see divine opportunities in Jesus' name. Somebody did not have work. You pray for the last few, maybe like two and a half years, and you don't understand. God says because your eyes are not open. Today, receive open eyes. Now you will see over the next two weeks, things you did not know. You'll be like, ah, so this was here. That will be your story in the name of Jesus. Please share the testimony with us because it will happen. In the name of Jesus Christ. I say to your hands, they will not be idle. They will be strong. I say to your hands, they will not be idle. I said they will be strong. You will take hold of the instrument of work and it will prosper in your hand. You will put your hand on the plow and the ground will yield to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Strength to be productive, receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Joy will fill your home. If you are married here, everybody put your hands down. If you are a married man, married woman, please put up your hand. I want to just pray for you. Every disagreement, discordance, disorder that's in any home whose hand is lifted here, I curse it, I command it to get out in the name of Jesus. The spirit of strife, I banish you in Jesus' name. Love for the husband, love for the wife, receive a fresh flow of it in the name of Jesus. Listen, you see your wife now, eh? And she will look fresh in your eyes. She will look like a new bride. You will love her more than ever before. You will see your husband and say, yes, Lord, I love this man. The flow of that spirit, receive it now in the name of Jesus. There is no home whose hand is, somebody there's hand is up here. There's no home like that that will remain in strife. In the name of Jesus. Many of the problems of health has been because of strife between husband and wife. That strife is ended today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If we are blessed, they give me an amen. amen. All right, let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil. Because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now bless three people around you quickly. This is your season. Prophesy like you believe it. Bless two more people. This is your season.